Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. And the honor of introducing our guests this morning. And uh, we are really excited to have this man with us today. He is a real friend of C3. We love getting him in as many times as we can throughout the year. And he always brings something fresh. He always brings something exciting. And we're going to be listening to Mark here today. We're also going to be joining with Colchester and with Barry St. Edmunds. And of course, our online location as Mark shares with us today. So why don't we just give a massive round of applause as Mark comes to the platform today. Come on. Wow. It's great to be here, isn't it? Love it. I feel like you guys are like family. I feel like you're kind of believing what I'm doing. And so a lot of you will know that um, I'm just back um, from Edinburgh Festival, the Fringe. So a lot of people ask me why I do the comedy Fringe. Um, I did it for six nights right there in the center of Edinburgh, right in the middle of the biggest comedy festival in the world. The reason why I do it is because when I was 15, 16, I live in a place called Musselburgh, which is just outside Edinburgh, and I used to go up and see comedians absolutely ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. I used to see comedians absolutely just tearing our faith apart, calling it all kinds of names, making fun of Jesus on the cross, all this kind of stuff. And I remember as a young 16-year-old boy sitting there and saying, one day I'm going to be on that stage and I am going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift his name up. And um, wow, I'm like so... I'm so glad that this year I got the chance and the opportunity to do that. And we did six nights. I really wanted to take the message of the cross right into that center space. Then last night before I went up to Edinburgh, I did the show in a theater and lots of people came that were not Christians, that were like, they're just friends of that particular theater and they came along, they go to everything that that theater puts on And guess what? One time it's a magician, one time it's Macbeth, and the next time it's me. And, uh, you know, they've all turned up, and there was quite a full theater, and uh, I really went for it. In the middle, lots of fun, lots of laughter, and then I just took the cross and put the cross in the center place. And when I did that, I was in the middle of talking about the cross. A man got up, he stood up. And the only way for him to leave was to come right to the front because it was tiered seating. And we were kind of almost nose to nose. And then he went off to the side. And as he got up, I thought, wow, Lord, this is either going to be a moment where I'm feeling intimidated and I overcome or it's going to be a story of me getting headbutted in the face. And um, either way, I'm going to be a winner. So the thing is... 
I stood there and I stood my ground and he left and I prayed my prayers that day. I says, Lord, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to ease away. I'm not going to fade out. I'm going to place the cross in that center spot. And we did it and it was fantastic. And God be praised. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got, I've got a sermon burning inside me today. And I really, really pray that it will do some people good. I want to look at Psalm chapter 23, and in particular, I want to look at verse 5. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. I could go and sit down now. These words are powerful. Thank you for nodding there. People are going, yeah, if you would, that would be great. But these words are powerful. And in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Friend, the Lord, he prepares a lavish feast for you. You see, how are we going to keep on going? How are we going to keep strong with everything that's working against us? How are we going to be able to be loving God passionately in love with Jesus in five years time or in 10 years time? How are we still going to be a witness for God when it's so difficult in the UK and we've got so much against us? How will we keep on going? You know, we're going to need to feast. We're going to need to have that sustaining food. My, uh, my friend Neil, he recently ran 100 miles in one go. Wow. I mean, I feel like I need to lie down just saying that, yeah? 100 miles in one go. But one of the incredible things is it was so important for him to see where he was going to get his nourishment from, where he was going to get his sustaining food from because you cannot just keep on running. You cannot keep on going if you're not replenishing your body. And friend, we cannot keep going in our faith if we are not being replenished 
at the feast of God. Amen. We cannot just keep on going and keep on trying and keep working hard if we've not got that strength that comes from God's sustaining feast. We must eat wow, well. We must enjoy all that God has prepared for us. I don't know what that means for you, but maybe let me talk practical for a minute. But maybe you need to get a bit more of the word of God into your life. Maybe you're somebody who needs to get some worship on. Maybe you need to get you and you're in the car, get some praise on, turn the news off, get some Holy Spirit moments happening in your car. Maybe for you, I've been doing this thing where I've been investigating silence. I've been trying to see this discipline of silence and I found it so sustaining. These seasons of silence. Now I'm a great Pentecostal Christian. I'm like, you know, I love nothing more. I've been brought up in a Pentecostal tradition and we've been like, we love to I love speaking in tongues, yeah? And when it comes to discipline and when it comes to spiritual warfare, I've often, you know, I love pacing around, shouting in tongues, getting some stuff done. But recently I found incredible power in the absolute discipline of silence. Allowing my soul to be bathed in the presence of God. And I would say, what is it that you are enjoying right now that is sustaining you, that is keeping you going? I also love that David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. David had many real enemies. Lots of people that wanted to kill him. There's probably not many of us in this room or watching online or Colchester or St. Boris or, or, or just kind of in your bed. There's very few of us that right now you could name a few people that would like to kill you, yeah? Some of you are going, wife. But most of us, most of us haven't got anyone that wants to kill us. But David had got real enemies. But friend, we have got we have got enemies of our soul. We have got enemies of our soul. Discouragement, fear, apathy. They are enemies of our soul. And some of us, we find it difficult and we are under a lot of pressure. And you know that you have got stuff going on that is difficult and hard to deal with. You see, what I love about this verse is it doesn't eliminate the presence of enemies, but it enables us to experience God's goodness and bounty even in the midst of enemies. You see, I've been brought up in, in a tradition where sometimes it's felt like the preacher has been saying, come to Jesus and God will wipe away all your problems. Like God is like got a magic wand. And we come to the front and we're like, God, I'm dealing with some tough things. I'm dealing with some bad circumstances. Will you come and just sprinkle some magic dust over me and everything's going to be fine. And we have this faith sometimes where we're like, oh God, just take away these struggles. Take away these problems. 
But you know, if you are mature in your faith, you will know that that's not how it always works out. Some of us are struggling with things that we've struggled with for a long time. Some of us are dealing with circumstances that are not being magic wanded away. Some of us are dealing with things that crush us and break us and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. Of course I believe in the miraculous power of God, but I also believe this, that God prepares a table for you that you can enjoy the goodness and the bounty of God, that you can enjoy his peace and his joy and his life and his hope, even when his enemies are looking across the table, you can enjoy the bounty of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can enjoy his goodness. You can enjoy the blessing of God. Oh, friends, I'm going through a tough situation, a tough family situation at the moment. And there's no easy answers to this. And it's complicated and it's a struggle and it's difficult. And my wife and me yesterday we were weeping and crying over this struggle and, 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 and we're praying our prayers. But, you know, we had this moment in the presence of God where we says, God, you know, we're not going to call this a tough season. We're not going to call this a bleak time. We're not going to call this a hard year. What we're going to do is we're going to enjoy your bounty and your goodness and your hope and your life, even in the midst of our enemies. Even as the enemies stare across the table at us, we're going to enjoy the blessing of God. Amen. Oh, I remember going to Australia. My mate, he's in Australia. He was on a massively strict diet. He was trying to lose some weight. And we went to all these amazing places to eat. And nothing gave me greater joy than stuffing my face while he watched me eat. It was like a beautiful thing. That makes me a bad person, right? And um, I don't care. It was absolutely fantastic. But, you know, that sense in which, oh, my family situation, I'm not going to be able to just pray a prayer and this thing's going to go away. It's a horrendous and complicated and difficult circumstance. But what I am going to do is I'm going to enjoy the feast of God in the midst of the trouble. And friend, I, I know that there are some people... I don't know, I'm speaking what God's saying into my soul. But somebody's not sleeping at night. Somebody else is having panic attacks. Anxiety. Somebody's thinking very bleak and dark and toxic thoughts. Maybe somebody even watching online is going through horrendous struggles. And I want you to know that God has set and prepared a table for you, that you can understand and know the joy of God. You can understand the goodness and the blessing of God because he has prepared it all for you and you can receive from him in the midst of the enemies. And I've got a prayer inside of me that at the end of this talk, I want to pray for people today that are going to join me and I'm going to stand with all my struggle and trouble. And I'm going to invite you to join me and stand. And we're going to pray a prayer 
that we know some of the most blessed moments in God through our difficult challenge. Amen. That we know some of our wonderful, sacred moments in the name of Jesus in amongst our hardest time. I love this because it says, you know, even though it says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. And when I first read this, I immediately presumed it was the anointing where David was anointed by oil by Samuel that one day he would be king. I immediately thought that that was the anointing this was referring to. But when I dug a bit deeper, I found out and realized that this was not actually the anointing that the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 23. This anointing refers to an ancient custom of hospitality and respect shown to an esteemed dinner guest. What would happen is that if you were invited to someone's house, they wanted to show you that you were esteemed. They wanted to show you the best hospitality and the custom was that you were anointed with oil at the door. And this was a way of saying everything here is yours. Make yourself at home. All of it is for you because you are our esteemed guest. And this is what David is referring to here when he says, you anoint my head with oil. God says to you, my friend, he says, come in. All of heaven's resources are yours. God says, make yourself at home. I honor you and I respect you and I love you and you are my esteemed guest. I anoint your head with oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, that, that God, awesome, powerful God would say to me this morning, Mark, it's all yours. Everything that is good that comes from heaven. Hallelujah. The health of heaven is mine. The joy of heaven is mine. Hope and life and destiny of heaven is all for me today. And it's all for you today, friend. That while you come in, God is not wanting to leave you out in the garden. If there's anyone here that's thinking, I'm not worthy to be in this room. I'm not good enough to have my hands in the air. I'm not a good enough person. I'm not holy enough. I'm not religious enough. Oh, God would say to you today, come in my esteemed guest. Come in, my esteemed guest. I honor you and respect you. And wow, all of this is for you. Make yourself at home. The richness of the host's goodness is all for you. I, uh, I went to Australia. I've been a few times and I went one time on my own. And um, I'm not amazing. My wife says, Mark, you're not amazing when you're left on your own. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I had not really thought too much about this trip. And there were three stops. And there was one stop where we stopped at an airport. And everybody got off the plane. And then we waited around for a bit. And we all got back on the same plane. 
Uh, that does not make sense to me. So I was arguing with the air hostess saying, I'll just stay here. And she's like, no, everyone's got to get off the plane. And I'm like, but if we're all going to get back on the same plane, I'll just stay here. And it went back and forward like this for a little bit until she says, do I need to get someone else to help me get you off the plane? And I thought, no, do you know what? I need to get off this plane and become a good person. And uh, it was, I, when I got to Melbourne, I was completely and utterly discombobulated. I was all over the place. I was like, jet lag was hitting my other jet lag that was hitting my new jet lag. I did not know where I was. I didn't know what my name was. I didn't know whether I was a Christian. I was absolutely, completely like gone. And I got picked up by this couple and they took me to their house. Thousands and thousands of miles away from where I live. And they took me into their house and they said this. They says, make yourself at home. Anything that you can see is yours. Go in the kitchen. If it's in the fridge, you can have it. If it's in the cupboards, you can have it. If it's wow, you can have it. Wow, I was trying to get the TV in my suitcase. And it was like, wow. This is, we want you to feel at home. And you know, friend, God, we come before God today and some of us are discombobulated. Some of us, we don't know which way's up and which way's down. Some of us are dealing with all kinds of stuff going on in our lives and we're struggling and we're thinking, what is going on? And the holy, holy Father God says to you, my friend, come in, make yourself at home. Yeah, I want you to have everything. It's all for you. You can enjoy my provision hallelujah and I'm like God I'm gonna make the most of this I'm gonna enjoy all that you've got for me I want to believe even that we can have a sum of heaven's health for some of us today that some of us you know we've been struggling with health and we've been accepting some stuff that we don't need to accept because we're like wow God I'm going to receive your health all the way from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet I'm receiving the health of heaven today hallelujah my cup overflows my cup overflows I am in our house I work up in the loft and um, we've got cream carpets that go all the way up the stairs up the stairs past the bedrooms up the stairs to the loft and when I make myself a cup of coffee I like to make it full yeah I like a full cup of coffee and as I'm walking up the stairs up to the loft Sometimes there might be a little trail that I leave behind me, a few drips here and there as I'm making my way up to the loft. And recently my wife came in and she was like, Mark, Mark, I can see exactly where you've been. Hey, look at that trail of coffee going up the stairs. And I was like, my cup overflows. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Maybe you should read your Bible a little bit more instead of having a go at me. I now live in the loft and uh, it's just a joke, it's just a joke. <laughs> but you know, the truth, the truth is, is that, you know, we all leave a trail behind us, whether that is good or bad. 
You see, it absolutely shames me that Christians in America, the worst time to be a waitress or a waiter in America is when all the churches get out because everyone knows that's when you get treated the worst. That is absolutely true. That is horrendous to think that people who claim to be Christians are overflowing in this kind of vile character. Sometimes Christians are so ready and full to be telling the world what they're against. How about we become the people that start saying what we are for? What we are for rather than tell everyone what we're against. Oh, you see, friend, I want to leave a trail of joy, hope and kindness. I want my cup to overflow with the goodness of God. I want that when people might meet Mark Ritchie, they leave with a bounce in their step rather than kind of like leave thinking, oh, I mean, I know that there are none here or watching online, but you know those Christians that when you see them come in, you run as fast as you can, yeah? I used to work in Barnsley as a pastor and we had this lady and oh, we called her part of the BMW club, yeah? Blame, moan, wings, yeah? And uh, we used to see her coming. And I remember my wife and me were in Asda and we saw her and we both, I promise you this is true, we both put our heads in the frozen chicken and stayed in there. Do you know what I'm saying? Both of us had horrendous frostbite, but we didn't have to speak to her. And uh, there are those people, they just drain you. They moan about everything. They complain about everything. Their cup overflows with bitterness and self-entitlement and awe. Everything about them just speaks of like that they have got life bad and they've got self-pity oozing out of them. I want to be someone that my cup overflows. That when people meet me, they meet someone with joy and kindness and grace. I want when people meet me to leave a trail of like, wow, my day just got a little bit better because I met that guy. How about you? Somebody's day this week is made a little bit better because they met you. Wow. I don't know if the band can help me, but you know, I think we just need to do a few minutes in the presence of God where we're like, wow, God, your presence is here. I've sensed God's presence even when we were praying in the pre-service prayer. I felt the sense of God. God's presence is here. And we have a moment to just do a little bit of business with God. You see, what I'm going to ask in a moment is I'm going to say this. I'm standing because I know what's going on in my circumstance. I know the enemy that's peering over the table at me. But I'm going to stand and say, God, you have prepared a table for me. I'm going to enjoy your feast. And I'm asking you, friend, that today, whatever's going on, and in a room like this and in people online, all kinds of circumstance, all kinds of enemies, all kinds of difficulties, are intimidating us today but all oh, that we can enjoy the goodness of God 
we can enjoy his peace and his hope in his life. So I'm going to count to three. And if you're with me on this, I'm going to ask that you would stand and that we have a moment in the presence of God. If you're like saying, you know what, Mark? Yep, I've got a few tough things going on, but I want to enjoy the feast of God, even in the presence of my enemies. Even if God doesn't wipe them all away, I would love it if he did. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to enjoy the grace and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. God, you are here. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, stand with me. One, two, three. Holy God. Holy God. Holy God. Holy, holy, holy God. Holy God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh Father God. We are in your presence right now. Oh God. God, many of us Many of us have got trials and stuff. Many of us have got difficult things going on. Many of us have got huge challenges. But God, for this moment, we're not asking that you wipe them all the way. We're just going to say, God, we're just going to enjoy your feast in the presence of our enemies. that we would understand your peace that your hope God your joy your life oh God your goodness your mercy ultimate host and you speak over our lives make yourself at home and I pray as we stand in the presence of God for any of those who need healing right now to God the healing of heaven would come for those of us who maybe got a few health issues, that the healing of heaven would come and touch us at the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. We receive your provision. God, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.